My alarm goes off at 7 a.m. on Monday morning. I have my coffee, do a two-hour yoga practice, shower, exfoliate, shave, and start packing my work bag. It's a day shift. I'm on stage four times, so I need four different costume changes. I pick three interchangeable black strappy lingerie sets, along with stockings, suspenders, stripper heels, plus a Daisy Duke look as my California girl wild card. I also pack my ankle boot pleasers, along with my makeup and GHD straighteners, and head to Browns on Hackney Road in Shoreditch. I put on my Buffy stripped Spotify playlist as I head by tube to get into the mood. Juices by Parallel Dance Ensemble. It's a meltingly hazy track about fucking, perfect for a sexy headspace. I'm there early. I'm usually the first dancer to arrive on a shift, so I get to choose which slot I'm dancing in. I always go for number three or four, as any organized stripper prefers, so that the maximum number of people see me on stage, I get a better chance at collection from the crowd, and that pays for my house fees for the day. As I step inside the changing room, I'm greeted by the astringent smell of bleach and a completely clear counter space in front of the mirrors. I meticulously set out all of my makeup and costumes before I undress fully so I won't have any marks from my jeans or socks imprinted onto my body by the time I get onto the floor. I take my favorite spot closest to the stage door, fold a tea towel to protect my bare ass from the ripped vinyl of the old bar stools, and start the process of becoming Buffy while enjoying the pristine stillness of the still empty changing room. I'm late, as usual. It's Saturday night at London's dingiest strip club, Ye Oldy Axe. The entrance of the pub serves as a bottleneck to the grade two listed building, stuffed to the brim with intoxicated men spilling out onto the street. As I push my way through, the bouncer places his hands on my shoulder and guides me into the pub, saving me from getting lost in the sea of punters. I shuffle across the room, excusing my way through the crowd and end up almost shouting to be heard. Finally, I make it to the changing room. I use this term loosely, in a two-cubicle toilet with bags and coats hung from coat hangers all over the room. It feels like I'm standing in a walk-in closet if it wasn't for the two toilets, the tiled walls all smashed and broken, and an enormous bin that I'm always at risk of dropping my stuff into. I'm in a rush, so I pull my clear shoes out of my bag, whip off my PJs, I like to be ready for bed as soon as the shift is over. Then throw on a dress and step into my shoes before realising I have completely forgotten to pack any stripper thongs. I look down at my crumpled PJs and fish out a pair of knickers that I came in with. Ah, my trusty old beige pants I love the most. Looks like they'll be having their 15 minutes of fame tonight. Hi, Heaven. Hello, Buffy. How you doing? I'm doing fabulously. How fabulous. About you? Fabulous. Oh, bloody look at, fabulous. Are you going to get your like tap shoes out? And... Might do. Oh. I actually found them the other day. Did you? I was so impressed. Did you put them on? Yeah. I did put them on. Did yeah. you tap away? No, because the wood floors. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. I, isn't that what you're supposed to tap on? You can't tap on carpet. I mean, well, no, you're supposed to tap on like a sprung floor or something. Oh. Yeah, not. Oh, are you like not your, like your professional ta- tapper? <laughs> oh, right. You didn't want to scratch his floors. Yeah, no, he didn't want me to. Oh. I was quite game, but. <laughs> 
Were you naked? I was not, but I like the image. <laughs> Just tap shoes, hairy badge, naked. Well, that's an exciting day. It's good. Yeah. So how about you? What have you been up to? Not, not naked tap dancing. Close. Close. Pretty close. So Elaborate, please. Well, I had, um, so I've, you know, I'm still in contact with some old clients of mine that mm-hmm. I've known for years and years. And I had a client come out of the woodwork who asked me um, if I could take him to a sex party. Um, oh, they're always not sexy. They're always not, not sexy. Um, so I obviously said yes immediately. I was paid to do this. Okay, so, okay. I was going to say, hang on a minute. I mean, I did say yeah. to my boyfriend, like, he's like, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, it's work. He's like, all right, is that what you call it? Work. <laughs> work. So he wanted me to take him to a sex party, but he is um, a little high profile. So he was really worried about being recognized. I, he's a dork. Um, so he's like high profile in a world that like nobody there would recognize him. So I nobody tried to cares. explain. Yeah, yeah, no one cares. I tried to explain that to him and he didn't really gel with it. So I said, well, I could put you in like a gimp mask. Um, yeah. And so I procured a gimp mask for this man. Um and he got a car to come and pick me up. Nice. Um, I looked amazing. I'm just going to say. What did I, you wear? I wore uh, an all-in-one bodysuit that I designed. Remember the one we did for House of Vixens? Oh. Uh, I wore that yes. with like a cinched in um, latex corset, but waspy. Fabulous. And uh, a, like a short bolero leather jacket that I normally wear Ooh, for I love fresh one. blood. Yeah. Um, and stripper heels. Nice. So yeah, I looked amazing. It was it was really fun dressing up actually. I, I was like, oh, this is pretty great. So get picked up by his driver, go and pick him up. He then, before we even went in, was trying to ask me if I could get his friends to come. So he got like bamboozled by some Instagram models because they were as like- you being, do when as you're you, a billionaire. As you do when you're a billionaire. <laughs> and so he was like, oh, I really want to come to the sex party. I was like, do they? Yeah. Um, what do you think the motivation- Not for you. <laughs> Yeah, what do you think the motivation behind this is? I mean, that's the thing I find quite amazing when you sort of- when you're around these types of people, right? Yeah. Which you you do end up being in sex work. You end up being around people who you just wouldn't really come into contact with them for whatever reason. A, maybe they're really boring. B, they're just high flyers. And it kind of creates a, an atmosphere where everybody comes together. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all commodities. Like, he's a commodity. This, the, the Instagram models are commodity, just as much as I'm a commodity, mm-hmm. but they don't realize it. Yeah. So it's like he thinks that he's got these like amazing friends that used to be Victoria's Secret really, models. Really and I'm good like, friends. Yeah, they're not. We go way back. We go way back last week. And (laughs) like, you know, and so it's just like, I find that it's like, I'm kind of happy to know I'm a commodity. Oh, I think when you are a commodity, at least know when you are being a commodity. It's It's like you're paying me right now. And this is anyway. So that got me thinking in a cerebral way that wasn't quite useful for the moment. So anyway, back to the sex party. So we get to the sex party. I then take him into a corner and take out of my backpack um, a gimp hood he's in a suit right uh so he's like in a fancy suit i sit him on a couch and i put this gimp hood on him and then i also as a surprise i brought a dog lead and a dog collar and oh, nice. cuffs and i just cuffed his hands behind his back and put him on a dog lead oh perfect. so i just thought if you're gonna be what, a so gimp, he had to worm across the floor no no, no he's standing oh it, he was standing okay. hand handcuffs oh all oh, right okay not ankle cuffs <laughs> had an image of him just like doing the worm on the floor there's always next time so and he'd never been to anything like this before so he just thought I was the perfect person to take Mm -hmm. him which of course I am so 
And because I kind of looked like a dominatrix, I mean, I look like one anyway, that just walking down the street, like there were all these like really weird kind of submissive type men, like being like, hello, mistress. Queuing up behind. Yeah. Can we hold anything for you? It's like, do they call oh, you mistress? Yeah, they did. And I was just like, okay, my name's Buffy. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so that was just hysterical. So then he... He's just like, he's just a dork. So I think, I mean, he just like wasn't obviously very confident in like a party atmosphere. And I was like looking around, I was like, these people are like fun. This looks like a fun party. But yeah, he, what was the vibe like there? Super cool. It was, okay. um, it was basically, I would say the demographic was like 25 to like 70. Okay, cool. Um, loads of couples, you know. And not so pretentious. I've just not found a lot of the times when I've gone to sex parties, it's been like a bit fucking, no. a bit of a jerk off circle. Quite literally. Oh, no, it was just like really friendly and nice and everybody was open and yeah, it was great. So, nice. you know, I enjoyed that sort of bit of it, but he just immediately was like, I just want to go upstairs to like the sex room. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So we go to go upstairs to the sex room and it's at this house in um, Mayfair that mm-hmm. they do lots of sex parties at in London. So it's like this kind of grand old house, but it's like totally crumbling and definitely looks like thousands of people have fucked in there and oh. they like have never... Does it smell like condoms? A little bit. Mm. So we go upstairs and I think that the licensing means that you like can't have music or like drinks or anything upstairs. So suddenly we went into a silent, bright room that just had like loads of like mattresses with like furry kind of blankets flung over them all over the floor. One St. Andrew's cross, which is basically one of those BDSM crosses that people put themselves on. Wait, so it's completely silent. So you're just listening to the groans of other people. Nothing, because there was nobody in there yet. It was us. We were just the first people in there. So he was like, I would like to sit here, please. So he just like wanted to find a nice, quiet space to sit down in his like little gimpy outfit um, or gimp hood and handcuffed hands on his dog lead. So I sat him on a couch and then I'm sort of sitting there being like, oh God, how much one because on this couch but I had to just push through that um and so we're sat there on the couch and like there's just no one in there like no one there's one person you guys it was just us and then a person who's like a moderator who like (sighs) makes sure that rape doesn't happen I don't know what they're there for music doesn't happen yeah no No drinking no drinking no music Um, no, he was, they, I think they were quite non-binary. They were very friendly and nice, but they're just there to make sure everybody's safe. Right. And then there was like a whipping little corner and like, you know, options. And there was mm-hmm. a cage for people to crawl inside mm-hmm. of. So, you know, there's something for everyone. Um, so we just sat there on the couch for like ages. And I was like, are you sure we could go down and have a drink? He's like, no, no, I'm sure something will happen soon. So then I'm being paid. So I'm just like, all right, well, we'll just sit here for a while then. And he's not the most like talkative person yeah i was gonna say in your downtime what's the conversation like? nada so we we're just in the like literally the silence was deafening <laughs> and so then a couple came in who are i think they're probably in their like mid 50s mm-hmm. she was wearing um part of a christmas tree as far as i could <laughs> see so. oh, i wasn't expecting that <laughs> so she had some little lights around her vagina um like twinkly lights and I what like, she had lights yeah she had like little fairy lights but they were just like sort of draped around her on like kind of like a green tutu that looked like a christmas tree oh okay well, you know but what i will give them is they got the party started so her husband got his rather big dick out and oh, she started nice. sucking it and so then i said to him oh look over there something's happening and he kind of went oh and, so, <laughs> and then another couple came in so it's like lots of couples and like as soon as they started then everybody was like oh yeah i'm <laughs> like, oh, in and so then it became not quite silence but noise um different types of noise and then this other younger couple came in 
I'd say probably in their thirties and, you know, quite attractive. He had a good body and everything like that. And he was in some like tiny, tiny latex shorts, um, like really small. And he had quite a large erection that you could see. And so then my client leans over to me and he went, are those like special shorts? <laughs> the mate you take like yeah, I said, no, he's just got a massive cock. <laughs> And he looked quite—it dawned on him. Yeah, I, well, I don't know what his dick looks like, but I'm gathering by his question, like a five-year-old, about if those are magic shorts, <laughs> magic pants, magic pants, not like Mormons, um, but like, <laughs> not those kind of magic not pants. those kind of magic pants which <laughs> repel people. These are well, I mean, latex shorts would also repel me. It's not I my mean, thing, yeah. but whatever. Um, men in fetish gear—it's just never great, is it? So. I then explained to him that that was just a large penis. He looked sad, so I'm gonna guess. Gonna guess that he penis does not s- have quite a sufficient size dick. I'm, I'm just there. gonna I'm gonna go straight in there. I'm guessing small. Uh, I he he strikes me as a small guy, um, and then another sort of you know thing started happening somewhere else and. It was like, you know, people were having a good time. Everything was sort of, it was all kicking off in there. And, um, you know, I was sort of watching, seeing what was going on as well. So it was interesting. I mean, there's something hugely unerotic about watching people fuck each other. Yeah. Like, I kind of feel it sort of goes a bit... And especially listening to it with no music over the top. The no music is bad. That's not and, that hot. And the lighting was like bluish, which is not oh, right. It should no, be blue light red, is pinks, yeah, purple, yeah. you know, like dark. But somebody wants to hide in the fucking shadows. Yeah. So, I always wonder with girls that ask for blue lighting on stage. It does happen sometimes. Sometimes it's when weird. you just think, but babe, but babe, no. you look terrible. You look like a cadaver. Yeah, so yeah. it's not good. But it it goes like a bit David Attenbury, like when you're just like surrounded by. It's just like it's just peep, like things fucking. Like it's just it's not, it's very clinical. It's not erotic. There's nothing erotic about that. But I one thing I did decipher is that ninety eight percent of the men who are going in there, they all have big dicks. Oh really? So maybe that's like a prerequisite. Hmm. Maybe I'll come with you next time. <laughs> so at a certain moment when I was I was quite enjoying watching another scene that was going on in the other corner, I was oh, like, yeah. oh, it could work for me. And then he turned around to me and he was like, I think I've decided that I don't like seeing naked men. <laughs> oh, bless him. He was having a right meltdown. Yes. So he's like... He's just there having yeah. an existential dick crisis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you untie me, please? <laughs> so I untied him. Oh, and he was like, party paper. I, would, I, would, I would like, I would like to go home. It smells like semen. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what he thought the sex party was going to be. What was he expecting? Yeah. I, I don't, don't know. know. And like multiple. So he just left like sad on his own. Uh, confused. <laughs> would be the word that I would use. And I was like, I'm going to stay. My friend was there. One of our uh, friends, uh, Emma. Hi, Emma. <laughs> she was there with me. Um, so I was. Like, I just I'm replied gonna... like I was Emma. I'm not I... Emma. I don't know why I replied. I was also saying hi. <laughs> anyway, hello, Emma. We love you. Um, so yeah, we. You know, I was like, oh, I'm going to catch up with my friend and you know have a good time. And so he left. I stayed. Um, and then I had a really good time. Yeah. So I had been watching upstairs. There were two guys who were fucking the shit out of this woman. Nice. I mean, like really going for it. And I just thought that looks fun. So I bumped into them <laughs> later on, and I just said, bumped into. I, bumped, I threw myself in their direction. <laughs> I went, hi, you guys look fun. Um, and he said, we are. And I went, great. And I then, because I didn't know if it was his girlfriend. I didn't want to be rude, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just 
jokingly turned to her and was like, you look like you're having a great time. And I was watching and thinking, I'd like to be you. And then he gave me his number. So maybe one day I will be. You will be her. Maybe. I don't know. I'm game. I want, you know, try anything Finally. I know. Maybe some, so maybe field was a terrible idea and yeah, maybe and you what just I just need to throw yourself into just go to a sex party at sex least artists, everybody yeah. in that room is down to fuck it's down to get an erection at least it's that. okay that's <laughs> all we need like just... at least we're we're starting on a on a positive note they're a little bit kinky yeah. so I won't terrify them yeah and think... generally if you're in a sex club like you don't have any yeah you don't have any qualms about just like getting it out and one would hope I yeah. mean except, except for your for friend my, my little <laughs> friend who is just confused um, but you know whatever but it did kind of make me feel a little bit like being back at the club, right? Because like, yeah, I was it's like in a sexual environment. Sexual environment. It's kind of a safe space in a sense. Absolutely. So. And I kind of, you know, so our theme this season is going to be all about why we love being strippers, yes. right? And this is definitely like, you know, A, just to be confident in a sex party mm-hmm. environment where like, it doesn't throw me. It doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. There's nothing there. I felt mm-hmm. really, really like confident and good in that space. But also it was just cool. Like the music was really good. I went downstairs. Except for upstairs. I, well, the, <laughs> the no music space was bad. But the actual music space downstairs mm-hmm. in the little club was fucking great. Nice. And like everybody there was Oh, open. I definitely will come with yeah, you Yeah, yeah, no. Time. Like I just yeah. want to go for the party. I don't want to go to the sad sex room upstairs. Yeah. Like I just like knowing that like everybody in that space is, is down, down to, to do fuck. it so you could meet them outside or yeah whatever. exactly yeah, yeah, so like yeah. that's also good but it's also like the something that like sex parties or being a sex worker or strip clubs in particular give is that like that wall is just gone immediately and so the conversations i was having with people were really interesting and nice yeah, well, and you don't have to do small talk in a you no. know, when you're having a conversation with someone with when i'm dick looking at your giant whatever yeah dick and like <laughs> tiny little shorts and there was like some old man in the corner who was probably about like 75 and he was like in a latex crop top and tiny little latex shorts oh, and he was just best dancing away on his own and i was like this is just great Cute. and i was just like surrounded by little weirdos and misfits and there was definitely like a D couple in there having a great time nice. and it was you know it was very uh inclusive there was like not binary people you know all different types of body types all ages I also sat next to a couple where uh she sat down next to me and she was probably in her I'm gonna say close to 60 Mm -hmm. with her boyfriend and she was really like into the whole thing had been on the scene for ages and she's like oh I'm introducing my new boyfriend to this and I was like oh how are you feeling about this he's like a little intimidated oh was that his first time (laughs) yeah it was his first time but he was like you know he was game and he was there and I just thought yeah uh, you know, I plan on continuing to be my strange self yeah, into my 50s and 60s. I feel like these actual sex spaces are normally way more inclusive and chill than, you know, sort of media makes it out to be. Or, yeah. ma- or media or society makes sexy out to be. So, yeah, you know it, I mean? it reminded me of being, being in the club. the club. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would say would be missing is the changing room. The changing room. Oh, that. Probably my favorite place in the club, actually. I mean, f- favorite and not favorite. Like, I mean, for good and bad reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, what are some of the things that you think about? So I love the fact that in a changing room environment, you know, you've got such a mixture of different people. So uh, I love the whole like language thing. Yes. You know, when you've just got like, so you've got like the Brazilians over there talking Portuguese and then across you're just hearing like Russian, Romanian. Or, well, yeah. And also because loads of the Eastern Bloc girls, uh, as we called them, I mean, we don't mean that in a disparaging way at all. That was like what, like they would call themselves in the clubs, mm-hmm. like where the Eastern Bloc goes. They all speak Russian. So yeah. that would be like the common language, maybe not the best uh, Russian, but it was a language they all understood. So you mm-hmm. would get like, 
Ukrainians, uh, I don't know, yeah, Ukrainians. Well, yeah, I've worked with quite a few Ukrainian strippers, Russians, um, Moldova, mm-hmm. uh, Lithuanians. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'd have like the Essex accents, the North London accents, the yeah. Irish accents. Like, I just, I loved that sort of like compilation of just like girls from everywhere and like all the screaming and chattering. And like, I also love it, you know, when you hear girls talking in a different language that you don't understand and then certain words yeah, you do understand. Out. So it would be like Cockney or East End words that you're just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> also, like the words that, like in Portuguese that always stay with me are like, you know, they always go like, nossa, no, which yeah. just means really. Yeah. Because they're always just going like, really? Nossa. Oiga, Vaca, which is actually really rude. It's like calling somebody a cow. So, yeah. What is that in Portuguese? Yeah. Vaca. Vaca. <laughs> it's like fat cow, I think. <laughs> Which I used to hear a lot, <laughs> so I don't know what they were saying. <laughs> so yeah, changing rooms have got this, like, they've definitely got a special kind of tone to them. 100%. Um, obviously, you get the good and the bad and the ugly. They can um, be pretty chaotic. They can be horrific. I mean, they cannot actually be technically a changing room. Like, the old Axe changing rooms were actually just a two-cubicle toilet where only one of the toilets actually worked. And no doors, right? No doors, no. So you would just get drunk customers just rolling in while oh, you were like, oh, so irritating. Yeah. Customers coming into changing rooms. Yes, that's that happens thing. all the time. Christmas time as well. You just get, like, somebody who's, like, bludgeoned with alcohol, <laughs> like, wandering in with a... You know, when somebody's eyes, like... They actually look dead. Yeah. Like where they're just like so glassy and there's tab packs everywhere. I mean, I remember the changing room that 23 Pool Street yeah. was all the way up at the top. I remember. So yeah. guys would get so fucked up and they would just keep walking up the stairs because they're confused, like which floor am I on? And it was just like they'd obviously go I mean, flight after doubt, flight after keep flight going. and just end up in the changing rooms. You'd be like, get the fuck out. Yeah, and then and everybody's would, screaming at you. Yeah. And they just like looks like a confused dog that's <laughs> pissed on the carpet or something. And also, yeah, that place also had a wall that was a door that was also a book it was confusing shelf. I mean, so it could be really confusing for guys that were really fucked special up. folks yeah, yeah 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 i mean the chaos as well because often the whole thing about the the changing room in the strip club right is especially in places where you have shifts mm-hmm. is that you would have so like lunchtime shift you come in and there was always the hierarchy of who got a chair Oh, yes. I remember that. Right. And you were like quite protective over your space. Certain girls would always have the same chair. Yes. And so you would feel a little bit weird about, oh, well, if they're not there today, you would still feel funny about maybe putting your stuff Being in their chair. I remember I worked in one place at Metropolis, actually, where you like when you'd really made it, you got to be in like the inner sanctum of the changing room. That was like not the big space. There was like a smaller space. And then you got your name put on the mirror. So you'd like have like Buffy written on the mirror. And then that was your space. And I remember on my That's first cool. day in there, I accidentally wandered in there. I got like shooed out like oh. a chicken. Um, yeah, there's like an initiation. Like, there, and there's a hierarchy to it as yes. well. And then like, so on the lunch shift, you would go off to get your food. And so there'd be like a whole thing about like folding your clothes and putting them on top of like the stool so mm-hmm. that somebody knew or like putting you your bag on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you would come back and you'd see like girls have these like snippy little arguments where it'd be like, well, I was sitting there. I put my stuff there. Yeah, I put my stuff there. And so like, and then somebody would like kind of huffily move over. Um <laughs> So like there was a real, like it was like you had this such a minute postage stamp of space that Mm -hmm. was individual and you felt really protective over it, especially when it was a clean. So it's like, you fucking know I was sitting there. (laughs) No, we fucking don't know I was sitting there, right? And then there would be like the lunch shift and then the night shift and it would just Mm -hmm. get progressively more chaotic. Oh, the crossover changes were the worst. Well, you think that on the, so Christmas time especially, Mm -hmm. but you think that there's like 10 women on the lunch shift and then you might have 12 
coming through on the middle shift and then like 18 on the late shift. Mm -hmm. And I shit you not, these spaces were like, I've been in public restrooms. Oh, uh, yeah, like you cannot swing Like disabled toilets that are bigger. Yeah. Like so small. And so you've just got all these women and bodies and languages and people and drunkness because mm -hmm. you're coming in sober and then somebody might have been on a VIP and they are just Smashed. steaming yeah. drunk. <laughs> so like, you know, rolling around on the floor, like laughing or something like that. And you're trying to step over them to put your mm. lashes on at the same time. I had a locker uh, at Brown's. And so that was definitely like I mean, a big deal to have a locker because it means that you can keep your shoes and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to schlep them back and forth. So that was like a whole thing as well. Like who got lockers? Yeah, you never normally get a locker unless you've been there for a while. So Palomino had the best lockers where they oh, had... Oh, wow, it did. So if you had been there for a really long time, they would do... Uh, uh, like a mural a, type thing. A mural? Like, a, like what? Like the Little Mermaid? A mural. <laughs> mural. Is that what it is? <laughs> Just one woman from the Little Mermaid would be on your locker. <laughs> You've been there for ages. Mural. Why can't I say that? That's really hard. Mural. 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 Yeah, it's American. Get, uh, one of the girls who was a good artist, actually. She's amazing. She would basically, you give her a picture of you or whatever, and she'd do a picture of... An illustration. Yeah, an illustration. A painting. And it would be based on, do you remember like Mandy who is that really tall stripper. Yes. And she had like her, she used to carry around a handbag that was a uh, hamburger. Yeah. And so on her uh, locker, it had her eating like a giant burger with like sauce, like dripping down her yeah. tits. <laughs> they were amazing. They were I really took some cool. pictures of some of them. Yeah, they were yeah, great. Yeah. That was that one though, uh, I remember. She drew it herself. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> she didn't, yeah, she didn't get the artist uh, um, illustration. No, she, she just, just thought, I think maybe after a few tequilas that she would jump in do on her, her own. own. Yeah. And it looked But, like, the thing about the changing room was, like, it's where you also go. Like, if the night's shit, yeah. everybody goes into so the changing room to, like, hang out, to talk to each other. If you're hungover, mm -hmm. you go to the changing room to try and... But there's quite little boundaries, I would say, in these spaces. Yeah. Like, I would say, because they are quite small, the boundaries tend to be... Mm. I mean, they're limited. So. <laughs> they're, they are definitely limited. I remember one of my initiations into uh, changing rooms. Yeah. Um, was at the Sunset Strip, the place, the first place that I worked at. And I had a girl come up to me and she had really, really long nails. Yeah. And so she asked me to help her put her clit ring in. Oh. And so I'm quite blind. You <laughs> <laughs> re-piercer. <laughs> twiddling that ball, trying to get the ball bearing in. Was she like talking you through um, it? Was there like directions? I mean like or... vaguely in a drunk way. It was oh, like, so she was like drunk, long yeah. nails and yeah, she this can... <laughs> child looks like she should touch my clit. Yeah, I think maybe there was an element of that. Okay, uh, <laughs> good. And, I mean, now you know. <laughs> What a skill to have is on your now CV. Now I know how to, yeah. yeah, now I know how to put clip a, ring a clip ring extraordinaire. In. Yeah. Well, although, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the clip, right? Uh, well, it's like no, it's talk me very, through this. What do you mean? What? Well, it depends on the clip. It depends where it is. It depends like... I don't know. I've never put a clip ring in and my clip is not pierced. Well, some so. people just have like the, the, what's it called? They call it the Xtina, the Christina. The, okay, no, I and don't know any of this. Tell like me. It, the Christina is when you just have the ball and pointing, but you can't yeah. see, obviously. No, I mean you I can, can. But um, keep pointing. It's just like on top, so it's the hood. Okay, so you so your the clitoral hood, hood is the hood. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's a little bit different to having your actual. Clip. Oh, through your clip. Through, so what did yeah, she yeah, have? Yeah. So she had it through the actual clip. That seems dangerous. Yeah. She also had a um. What do you call? <laughs> you know the burn things. Oh, brand? branding? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She had branding. What, on her clit? 
Oh, on her face. Like she oh. had it. Yeah, she had quite. Oh, she sounds like. Quite some quite extreme body mods going on. She had some like balls underneath, like ball bearing type things underneath her skin as well. So. Marriage. Yeah, I material. mean, this is why she just asked me to fucking do it. I mean, of course she, she really asked care. you. It's <laughs> the same reason why your neighbor asked you last week to um, look after a dog for look five after days. Look after a dog for five days. It's good. We attract a different kind of weirdo. And boundaryless is your uh-huh. one. That's. I never really, I'd never really thought about the um, finer points of yeah. clit rings. I've never wanted one just because I think, what if you lost all sensation? I know, that's what I worry about. It's terrifying. About. Yeah. Just no, for a, I wouldn't a, do it. a little my glinty sis- diamond. My sister lost a, a bet, I think, when she worked in a tattoo shop. And whoever lost lost it had to get their clip pierced. Oh, so she's got her so clip pierced. She's got on her a, clip pierced on yeah, a dad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, she doesn't anymore. But okay. I mean, she did have to get it done at the time. Ouchies. Yeah, mm. majorly. I mean, do you also remember some of the clubs that were like, or just the changing room shouldn't have been there at all. Oh yeah, like the completely death. illegal. Yeah, the death trap yeah. ones. Yeah, like I remember one club I worked in years ago. Um, you had to go into like the the basement to get into the changing room, and so you would always have to leave your heels at the top of the of the stairs because literally, if you didn't take them off, you might die. You would die just and going also, down the stairs. If there was a fire, you need to just oh, get no. out of that. No, no, no. If there's a fire, you're dead. Yeah. Like that's that was basically. <laughs> How it was, and whenever you would come down, there was a somebody I called very affectionately Disco Dan, um, who is an old school punk rocker, and he does or did all of the beer kegs, mm-hmm. and he would just be listening to like on an old static radio in the corner. He would listen to like hardcore punk rock, hence his hilarious <laughs> nickname of Disco Dan, which everybody was terrified of him. I thought he was great. He loved you as well. He yeah no, I was fine with him. Yeah, yeah he, he just was- kind of lived there. He was just like. Kind of like basement folk. Yeah, he was really like basement folk. And I remember when I used to dance to things like The Fall, he'd be like, that's yeah, a good song. That's a good song. And I, had like, I did a, um, you know, what, who's that song by This Is Not A Love Song? It's like an old punk song. Um, public Image, I think. Anyway, okay. I had like a, a remix of that, but that was like really pretty and erythral. But all the words were to This Is Not A Love Song, which is like a hardcore punk so track. Like so yeah, he was like, he's like, good music. So we were great friends, but he would always be like the sort of troll under the bridge that made some girls cry. Um, and then if you sort of like, also like all the furniture was just like offcasts mm-hmm. from like things that are broken from the yeah. club. So like it's sticky, sticky, crusty, broken, stained something you wouldn't want to sit down on so you had to always sit on like something otherwise yeah. you get spots all over your ass well yeah and that happened to a very good friend of mine well, and she they got all... spots on her ass no way no no <laughs> they all scarred what yeah so she now has scars on her ass well, so she got like a bacterial because of spot yep. infection no all the girls got it so her yeah two of my other friends got it as well theirs cleared up but hers actually scarred are you sure it wasn't you just like it's passing out rashes me rubbing my feet around <laughs> on all the furniture <laughs> Sitting, sitting everywhere I have no knickers on yeah. so I used to just, well, I mean that is you actually but I just used to get a little tea towel and sit on it because also it's like all the in, inner like stuffing yeah. from the seats is coming out mm-hmm. and like then in the summertime obviously like everywhere in a city has mice and rats but like they would they would just like you hang would see out. them out yeah, yeah like yeah. so if you're like hanging out downstairs and it's a bit quiet the mice were just like yeah <laughs> we're here and then they put out rat poison and then they died and then, and then there was just dead mice well no that. then there was just like maggots and the flies <laughs> and like the flies were so lazy because they just had so much oh to my eat. god the lazy so they bottles. yeah so they yeah. just like land on you and you just do that and they like wouldn't even come out it was glamour guys <laughs> Such glamour. And then we come upstairs looking amazing. Yes. So, you know, I I appreciate that. I also kind of like the 
you know, the, I mean, something kind of similar to the sex party that we were talking about earlier is just that kind of like liberated feeling of being in a women's changing room mm-hmm. where everybody is just very comfortable with their bodies. And, you know, I think we have spoken about it a little bit before. Yeah. But like, but there is this thing of when you work in sex work with other women, there's just a, this particular barrier that's just completely down from the get go. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember, so I remember I, didn't fuck this guy because he wouldn't fuck me. He was really weird. I've just nobody fucks me. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm what gonna, is this about? I don't know. I'm putting an end to it this year. Well, you got that number from the sex party. 2023 <laughs> is the year of DP. <laughs> oh, yeah. We did speak about how that's like every the dream. woman's fantasy. It is. Maybe we'll get Grace dream. Campbell back on to discuss yeah. this. Anyway. Um, but I remember another man who wouldn't have sex with me. Um, but he did give great head like he mm-hmm. really like he he went to town and he like really was very committed to licking my asshole which did he not did you see his peen yeah it was okay he just like wouldn't fuck me with it I don't right. he was weird I think he just like had he was a bit of a um celebrity at the time and are you allowed to say no say probably not I would love to because he's such a fucking bellend <laughs> and so I would so love to put that out into the world but for adult purpose I am 40 so <laughs> maybe if I was 20 I ah, fuck it anyway he was a minor celebrity but he was one of those types of male celebrities who is just a celebrity because he fucked an actual famous person oh one of those ones so basically yeah, yeah, yeah. a male stripper yeah. he's also a sex yeah, worker he's also yeah. a sex worker but but he was quite well known at the time. So I think he just got off kind of like the guy with you at Magic Mike. He just wanted to know that he could fuck Right, you, okay. But he, but he actually, actually didn't want to, want to follow it. through with it. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was something like maybe a little bit higher up from that because at least he ate my cunt. But, mm-hmm. and my asshole. So he like really, like really went for it on okay. my asshole, which was great. And it felt great. And he made me come. So, you know, there's some wins in nice. there. But then I got to work and I was sort of bending over to you know, check yourself as you do. Because you go into the change room before your stage, you go before you go up and you always check yourself, right? To make sure that you don't, no tissue paper, tampons, drinks. Food stains. What? Okay. (laughs) I wear black, so it's never been a problem, but I also don't have poo stains. What? Poo stains on your bum, I don't know. (laughs) Oh, the world you inhabit is very different than mine. I don't have them, but I'm sure some But you're always checking. (laughs) Just in case. So yeah, so you know, y- y- you check, you check to see what's going on for you. Poo stains for me, you know, just I don't know, like ovulation, you know, anything. You're just sort of making th- everything look clean and tidy. It is a fantasy, you know. Like I know it's a room full of vaginas that do vaginal things, but you're 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 peddling a fantasy. And I wasn't sure if it was like a shadow or not, but I'm sort of looking and it's like I've got like something on my asshole and then I'm thinking oh god maybe you gave me like Pusain? an STD I, I don't know like I didn't know what it was no I did not think it was fucking Pusain. that was not the first thing that came to my mind so I thought that maybe he'd given me an STD or something like that so I then go into the beer keg bit where uh Disco Dan likes to live but he you wasn't didn't ask there at the him time. to look I didn't I asked another stripper if she could look so I'm bending all the way over and I am pulling my asshole apart as like far as you could because the lighting wasn't great and so and then she's got her phone so she's got like the light <laughs> torch from her phone and they weren't very good this is a long time ago so like they weren't as powerful as an iPhone is now so she's trying to like shine a light on it to look at my asshole and then walks in the um who's the glass cleaner um 
And he was like mortified. He must he, have been like 18. He was normally a, really no. young. So he was like 25. And actually, he had just recently gotten out of prison. And his friend, one of the managers, he was the, I think he was related to one of the managers, mm-hmm. like by marriage or something, or a boyfriend of his daughter. And so he got him the job. He was lovely, but got him the job. And so he hadn't actually seen vaginas for a really long time. <gasps> and then all he's seeing is me. I mean, literally, like, I have never pulled my asshole apart so far ever in my life um, doing that while she was bending over with her face, like an inch away from me with a torch going, I think it's just a hickey. (laughs) You had a hickey on your asshole? I did, yeah. Is that what it was? It was. It was just a hickey. That's hilarious. So, you know, see, these are the things that you can do in a changing room. It's great. Yeah. And you can literally just ask any one of the girls and they'll just be like, damn. Yeah. And, and exactly that. Like, you know, I was worried. And also, you know, I said, I fucked this random guy or he wouldn't really fuck me. Maybe it's an STD. You know, she was like, yeah. it's still happy to look. So, you know, who, where can, else can you get that kind of camaraderie? Yeah, I totally would have looked like had I been there. Yeah, I mean, I had a recent experience that was maybe a little bit similar to that. In, similar? Well, maybe not similar. But, okay. But... <laughs> But just that whole thing of like, you know, women helping out women okay. with like women issues. Um, but there was this one girl who had just recently had, I don't know if anyone has had or knows much about it, but it's uh, silicone injections into your ass. I don't know this if I'm going to call a this thing. a woman's issue. Okay. This is like a lunatic's issue. Okay, not a woman's issue. <laughs> just a similar. Okay. So first discrepancy of being <laughs> similar to my story. But do carry on. Tell me about these similarities. I'm going to try and spot them. I was in the changing room and I was eating my steak. Yeah. Because I was like on my break. And this girl was like right next to me. And she's got her ass like in the mirror and like partially in my face. Yeah. To try and look at her leaky butt because Uh, she's had injections. (laughs) No, not from that hole. That would have been fine. She's had injections in her ass, yeah. silicone injections, and they are leaking down her okay. ass. There is it no similarity no. at all. That is so disturbing. Why was she at work? So she was sticking plasters on them, Excuse and then one of the other girls was sticking plasters on it, and it kept falling off. Yeah, because of all because the it wouldn't stick because it was like wet. Yeah. Silicone's quite slippery. And you know, so it's a lubricant. She gets out. The other girls like, I know what's going to make it stick. She gets out nail glue, oh. and nail glues a plaster to her leaky ass. It was yeah. honestly yeah, that's just like my story. <laughs> Okay, well, that's not why I meant. I didn't mean like, I just meant like, you know, girls helping out girls. <laughs> that's not what this brings to one's mind. It's like, I was so intrigued though. I was like asking her about it because I'd never girls seen Girls helping this. out girls. Well, she, that, the, the girl that was helping her out had also had a, her butt oh, injected. I mean, so like she got it. She was like, she oh, got I've, it. And I've she's like, you know what? Ass. I got for you some yeah. census. I, I think. <laughs> That I personally can help you here. So, yeah, so she was helping because she obviously knew. I am so disturbed. And she knew that the way to solve it was with nail varnish glue, which was kind of disgusting. So if you have Um, any doctors listening to the show, I'd love your take on this. Yeah, what should, like, girls like this actually be doing? Go to the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go to the doctor. The only doctors that she's been going to have been fucking injecting silicone into her ass. Go to a real doctor. I was really intrigued because I was like, okay, so she's getting injections into her ass. And I just asked her, I was like, so... 
does it just dissolve naturally? Because when I have filler injected into my face, you know, sometimes it looks bad, but then I'm like, okay, it's fine. It's, gonna it's not forever. On its own. It's not forever. Filler's just for yeah. Christmas, not for life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and she went, oh no, babe, it's permanent. And oh, I was like, what? My God. And she, I said, well, what if you want it removed? What are you going to do? And she was like, oh, well, if I want it removed, I have to have it scraped out. Oh, don't. Scraped I- out her ass. And she's like, but I'm not going to want that. I'm, How old is she? Like 21. Oh, good. I was like, so no, no, no. All those you big t- decisions. You know when people used to say, like, don't get a tattoo when you're young? That's like morphed into, like, yeah. don't get don't. body modification surgery that you have to scrape out. That is so fucking grim. I'm so glad this wasn't around when I was 21 because I totally would have Oh, you would have all of it. Like, you, you wanted one. You, have, wanted, yeah, like, you wanted, like, yeah. you wanted to inject yeah, me fat. Yeah, but I wanted my own fat. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, that's normal. Oh, so, no. What I wanted was my own knee fat injected into my ass. Like, that's the most normal thing that you can respond yeah to. but at least it's my own fat so like uh-huh. maybe it will like and if i wanted to get it out i could get it out i think this is i mean i think you can dissolve no you can't oh <gasps> Ooh, i, don't I know. mean why would you know that like why would no. you why would you just <laughs> yeah just do just it and find out later of like knee fat yeah. in your ass it, disgusting yeah <laughs> that's the fucking logistics <laughs> i think the only grimmer thing that i can think of and i don't know i think that your story is actually grimmer is i do remember somebody pooped in the bin once <laughs> I think in the changing room. Yeah, in the changing room. But I think it's really like, you know, if you're a musician on tour, like there's a big rule you don't poop on the bus. Yeah. And actually, the other week. But you don't poop in the bin is not a thing. Well, you because you a, just don't poop in a bin. You do not shit in a bin. It's definitely not <laughs> a thing to do. And the other week, when I was doing a performance for House of Vix and stuff, I was running a performance there. Some DJ, who I thought was like a staff member, waited outside our changing room. And I was like, I thought he worked. I thought he was like a waiter. He's like, oh, can I just use the bathroom really quick? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then I'd accidentally left my phone in there. So I knocked to say, oh, sorry, can you just pass my phone? He opens the door and he sat down on the toilet having a poop. Having a shit. Yeah. And I was like, are you serious? This is like a changing room for women. And you're actually like pooping. You're just sat there pooping. He might have just been a sit down weir. No, I think he was a ketamine pooper. <laughs> is what I think he was. Well, a cat poop isn't as bad as a coke poop, so. I wouldn't know. <laughs> ketamine passed me by. Wow. I don't think there's anywhere to go. Oh, wait, dial it back a minute. Who's the poo- Who pooed in the bin at work? Well, we all had our suspicions, uh, and we had narrowed it down to three, but nobody would claim the poo. Fess up. No. And, and what kind of a poo was it? It was a big poo. Was it like a whole poo? It or was a... like a whole poo. It was a poo that you could have waited and gone upstairs for. It wasn't like right. disaster has was struck. Was it wrapped up? No. It was literally what, just like... on top? It At was least just, bury it. She did not bury it. You know, if I throw something away in my house and I don't want my boyfriend to see it, that I've thrown it away or I've eaten that Do you takeaway, poo in your bin? I hide it in the bin. So I'll take some of the bin out yeah. and then I'll put whatever I'm hiding. So like, uh-huh. I don't know, whatever so takeaway. How's your therapy going? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll put rubbish on top of it. And that's how I deal with that. Well, I hope she's listening because there were better ways to do this. I don't think she cared. <laughs> I don't think she fucking cared. Jesus. No shame. She should have admitted. So. God. Are you going to have to tell me who the, who the three names were? I will. <laughs> I, I won't name and shame publicly, but I will tell you. So today on Listeners Writing In, we have a lovely email from a woman we will call Jay. Uh, she sent us this. Hey, Buffy in Heaven. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Your podcast is brilliant and hilarious, isn't it? Oh, thanks. I mean, you are brilliant. You are hilarious. Thank you. Okay. Uh, now that we've uh, got that underlined. So I have chained listened since I found it. I don't know a great deal about sex work, so it's been fascinating learning about the industry. 
but mostly you've both made me feel so much more confident, better, and happier in myself. That is really nice to hear. And also, yeah. I feel like sex work does make you feel more confident yes. and happy with yourself. And I love hearing this from listeners that aren't actually in the industry as well. Absolutely. Like saying that they're they're learning so much about this industry that they don't Absolutely. know Absolutely. So fellow sex workers, spread the love around. Um, these last couple of years have been so strange and my confidence and self-worth plummeted. Already not that high to begin with, so whoopee. Um, embracing my inner stripper, channel Buffy in Heaven. So, yes. you know, what would Buffy do? What the fuck is Heaven doing? Um <laughs> on the daily to <laughs> properly live life, build resilience and explore my sexuality. You two are legends. Like, Aww, thanks. Um, I just wanted you, you to know that your podcast is helping people in ways you might not have realized. Confidence boosted to the max. Yes, gals, all the loves. So, you know, the reason we're reading this out, A, we're really complimented and it's so nice to hear yeah. something lovely about oneself. Obviously, compliments are great. But also, we just thought it was kind of interesting to highlight that you know, confidence is not from just what you look like. Confidence is about how you feel. Confidence mm-hmm. is about your resilience, your self-worth. And how about you go go about your way in the world? You know? Absolutely. How do you put yourself out there? What so kind of- I don't know. If we can handle anything, um, you can too. And if we can <laughs> hand you any advice, it is definitely to channel your inner Buffy in heaven um, on everything. And please keep on writing into us any questions. We've got a whole lovely stack of them that we're going to share over this season. But um, we love hearing. We love hearing all the positive. Yeah. feedback and and anything that you've managed to learn from our ramblings um, absolutely i think it's just it's really great this podcast has turned into something so much more than we ever really initially imagined absolutely so i mean really you know we're, we're ticking over that hundred thousand mark and it's just wonderful as a sex worker that when i've finally gone public and we've gone public about talking about our lives in a way that this has really connected with people in a way that we really didn't expect and yeah. we really didn't realize that it would so for it's been lovely it has so lovely w- are you oliver twist <laughs> would you like some more <laughs> taste it can i have some more <laughs> he doesn't talk like that no he doesn't who's that like who was that in your head what did that person look like <laughs> I mean, like a small orphan boy from like the night the, the 1800s. <laughs> he was the lesser known friend of Oliver Twist. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, we've seemed to have gone off on a strange tangent as per usual, but um, we look forward to talking to you guys next week. See you then. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. If you haven't already, we would really appreciate you hitting that subscribe button and leaving us a positive review. All show notes and social media links can be found on our website, www.strippersintheattic.com. This episode was brought to you by House of Vixens, produced by Stephen Armstrong, editing and post-production by Adam Grigg, original music by Myron Cohen and Hart McNee. Thanks again for listening, everyone. I'm Buffy. And I'm Heaven. And together we are... Strippers in the Attic. <laughs>